So everybody online, we say good morning to you. Uh, we greet you and we thank you uh, for being here with us. Uh, you'll see and you'll get to experience along with us baptism today here in the room. And uh, you'll see on our cameras uh, the folks that will be getting baptized and the ways that we get to celebrate with them. And since you are a part of this service, you'll get to see it as well. Uh, don't forget, uh, we'll also be receiving communion uh, as a church community today. And it will be about the same time as baptism. So make sure that you have... Uh, all your elements, whether it's bread or cracker or whatever you have, and some juice, and we'll receive baptism together today. So we say welcome, whether you're on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, or ccmonline.org. We're grateful that you are here with us. And so our friends that are in the room, don't forget if you have kids with you and they're going to be going upstairs to see our kids, in order for them to go to class, they need to have their badge and adults, you need to have yours to make sure that the kids are in the right place, that they're safe, uh, and that, they, uh, that we only release them to you as the parent or guardian that, you want it, guardian that you want us to. So make sure that you have that. You can do that anytime between now and when we release them uh, before the message. But, you know, if you have a chance to do it now, now is a great time to do that. And so, without further ado, we have the things coming up this week. All right. Well, welcome. Good morning. We're so blessed to have you in the room. Don already welcomed everybody. But I would love to welcome you. If today is your very first time in the room, I see some new faces. We're so glad that you're here, and we would love the opportunity to connect with you, to meet you. Um, you'll notice over there next to the Christmas tree, there's a Next Steps kiosk. And if you want to come over there after service, I would love to greet you face-to-face -face and say hello, and we have a free gift for you. Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're just kind of winging it right here. <laughs> and that's all right. So next up, we want to remind you about our Christmas gift-giving opportunities. And we have different opportunities for however you are feeling called to impact the world this time of year, regionally, globally, here at Crossroads. We do want to highlight... Our food pantry, we've got um, donations for turkeys and paper products and some special things that we're so grateful for the generosity of people in this room and beyond this room to make the holidays special for our community. So keep the generosity going. Yeah, and you probably received one of these generosity opportunity cards when you walked in. And if you did not, you can find those over at Next Steps, and that'll, that'll spell it out for you. Also, we want to let you know that uh, the holidays are not always... Um, the happy time of year for everybody because there's somebody missing from your table. And so if that's you, if you're experiencing some grief this holiday season, we have a program on a Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8.30 right here in the uh, Crossroads Cafe by our very own Kobe Ayler. Kobe, say hello because not a lot of people. Yeah. All right. So Kobe's going to be doing our grief uh, group on Wednesday night. And so we would love to invite you as our gift to you during this holiday season to come to that group. Sign up, please, because we have something we want to give you. And you can sign up right at Next Steps, or if you're watching us online, ccmonline.org, and look under Events tab, and you'll find it there. Great. And then this Saturday, we're going to have an event at Pastor Claire's. She's going to host us for Cuppa and Cookies. We'll couple whatever you like. Um, and we're going to be decorating cookies for Christmas camp, and it's a women's event, so feel free to come over on Saturday, and you can ask questions to Claire if you would like. There you go. And, yes, and if you sign up for that, you'll get 
more information as to where we're going to be, the address, and that kind yes, of thing. Yes, please register. Please that register. Would be awesome. Yes, please register. And I can help you do that if you're in the room. If you're watching online, our website, you'll be able to find it there and you can register. Also, I want to tell you we have our men's breakfast coming up. So, December the 17th, Ed Edwards is going to be making his famous breakfast for the men. And, um, and so I know there's going to be a lot of other little things added to that breakfast. So if you're a man and you want to come hang out with the guys and have breakfast together on the 17th here at the church from 9 until 1030, come on in and sign up. So we, need, we need to sign up for that as well so we know how much, they know how much food to make. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, and then I think one last thing. Um, Mercy House Global is in the back. Karen Carpenter has gifts for you to buy for Christmas if you're looking for some gifts. Um, we love buying from Mercy House Global because all of their things are ethically sourced and benefit um, helping survivors of trafficking um, in our world. And so if you are one of those people who's asking, how do I know that what I'm buying is justly made and justly impacting our world, this is a great opportunity for you to go look and find some gifts. Yeah, so that's what's happening at Crossroads. So this morning, church, we continue to celebrate Advent, and if that is a new tradition for you, I'll just remind you that last week we lit the candle of hope, and today as Josiah comes, we light the candle of peace to remember that the peace that we long for comes from God to remind us that there is a peace that we can experience with God within ourselves, between each other, and that there is a peace yet coming that we are longing for and anticipating. So today, Lord, we invite you to bring us your peace in whatever way you'd like to. We open our hearts to receive your peace, Lord, and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Bring your peace to us. Bring your peace to the world that is hurting and in need of peace. So we say, come. Lord Jesus, come. Amen. And let's all read together this call to worship from Isaiah 11, foretelling Christ's birth and the promise of peace with God. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow from out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the reverence of the Lord. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion will feed together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. of us whose hearts are open, for each
each of us who are saying, we're waiting. We wait for you, oh God. And whatever you're waiting for today, whatever you're praying for, just hold that up in the presence of God today. And allow yourself to use those words, I know that you'll come, Lord Jesus. even want to say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are meeting people all over this room in the places where they pray. And that you who began a good work will finish it. You can be seated. I'm going to invite you all to take your communion elements, whether you're at home or you're in the room, and let's celebrate together our faith. Let's celebrate what the bread and the wine signify to us, that Christ with us from the beginning. The scripture says that Christ was before the foundations of the world, then born in a manger, and kids, I want you to notice the manger's still empty. It's not Christmas yet. We're in the waiting time. And then Christ came and walked this earth for us, and we don't need to re-preach that message because Heather gave it to us. And what we know is that Christ, in the room with his friends, broke bread and poured wine and said, Take this, all of you, and eat. This is my body given for you. And every time you eat, remember me. And after supper, lifted the cup and said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood will be shed for you and for all people so that sins will be forgiven. And every time you drink, remember me. And so today, I want you to hold the elements, and in whatever way you'd like to say, Jesus, I remember you. I remember you. I remember what you've done. I remember. I'm remembering. I'm choosing to remember now what you've done for me. And as I take this bread and cup, I declare that your love never fails, never gives up, never, ever gives up on me. And so this morning, we take this bread and wine in remembrance of love, who is Christ. Amen. Yeah, if Jesus is the answer for the world today, 
hope you're all well today. Uh, and if not, I hope you'll be weller by the time we're heading out of here. We trust that that'll be all of our story. How beautiful. There's nothing like baptism, is there? I mean, just let's, let's just thank God for being able to be a part of such a, a remarkable moment in the lives of individuals and families and a part of community, right? We pray for one another uh, for those moments in all of our lives. So we're grateful and so thankful for this morning being able to celebrate that. We started last week in our Advent uh, series, and we're calling it Wait For It, which really is kind of the story of Advent, is waiting for the coming of Christ. Obviously, Jesus has already come, but we wait constantly for a, a new visitation of God in our lives. Um, so I want to jump right in. Uh, as we've already kind of talked about, this is the second week of Advent, and we're talking about peace. It's really interesting when it comes to peace because I've <laughs> this is one thing I've never heard anyone tell me that they had too much of, right? Like we all come into the room all, I think, needing more peace in our life. The world needs peace. Um, those of us online need peace, right? I, I still haven't had that conversation where anybody's even said, I've had enough of peace. So we're all in the same boat on this. We're all longing for more peace. In Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6, the scripture says this about uh, the coming of Jesus. Hundreds of years before Jesus would be born. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Uh, most versions, a lot of versions, that term there instead of greatness uh, is increase. That's probably, I would I kind of prefer increase. So of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Uh, and I do think that that's important to consider when we talk about peace is to know that God not only uh, brings peace but wants it to be increasing, not only in our lives but in our world, in our connecting with one another. So we want to pay attention to that uh, as we go forward this morning. I, I just have a question uh, for everyone to consider. How would you consider or how would you define peace? Peace is one of those. Uh, terms that I think we all have a pretty good sense of generally what it means. Um, but how would you define it? I just want you to take a second and think about it. Like, what does peace mean to you in your life? Um, because it's important how we define terms. Um, some, sometimes it's more important than others, but when it comes to peace, uh, it's, it's pretty important how we define it. Because that initiates uh, how we pursue it, quite frankly. Um, I, don't you love being with, like, kids? And I'm one of those guys that, like, with little kids and even some older kids and even adults, uh, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes be talking about a term or talking about something and people, like, glass over. That's part of a pastor's job is to get people to glass over, but... I was coaching basketball several years ago, 
and I think it was kindergartners and first grade. It's awesome. Um, so I played a lot of basketball. So, you know, coaching kindergartners and first graders, it's like you got to really bring it down to the kindergarten, first grade level. So this is like this is a basketball, that kind of thing. And we're, we're having a great time. Kids are having a great time. We go through a couple of practices, and I'm trying to teach them how to dribble and things like that. And there was one young man, one little guy. He was such an awesome – I mean, he was so excited. It was the first time he'd ever played basketball. And after the second or third practice, he came up to me, and he said, Hey, coach. Uh, no, I, I need to give you a little backdrop. He, his family is like immersed in music. Like it's just really highly talented artists, musicians. That was his story. And this was the first time he was breaking out of that into this sports world. And he said, hey, coach, when do we get to have a recital? <laughs> it's like, well, they call those games, you know. Uh, so, you know, which we still laugh about. I laugh with his parents about that. And... Uh, but peace, some people define it as a state of tranquility of, or quiet. These are like dictionaries, some dictionary definitions. Freedom from civil disturbance. State of security or order. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Another definition, harmony in personal relations. A state of mutual accord. Concord between governments. For some of us, we might have thought when we define peace, it's like I define peace as a clean house, my bills being paid, that hour in the afternoon when the baby sleeps and I get to just be at peace, don't have to feel like I'm spinning plates for that moment. For you, it might be your drive to work. Maybe that's what you thought about when it comes to peace. And out of all the conversations I've had around peace, because I so I think we all are attracted to peace, um, I think the general definition that I hear the most um, is the removal of stress or the absence of stress. Most people would say that in one way or another, and that kind of manifests in a few different ways, right? Stress shows up. Uh, the places that the categories of stress are place, removal of stress in places, like maybe our work, maybe your work is busy, it's too busy, it's toxic, or it's cutthroat, and you would say that your stress, if you could have peace, it has to do with a place, maybe it's your home, maybe it's a home that you go to, maybe it's a family member's home, maybe it's when you go to your child's home, or your uncle's home, or your your grandmother's home, maybe that's a place that doesn't feel very peaceful. So for some people, stress is represented by a place. For others of us, um, we would say that our stress is best represented by just a problem. The problem might be financial. There's no peace financially. Too much inflation. Bills aren't being paid. Investments aren't going the way we want them to go. Maybe the problem manifests health-wise, like diagnosis or concern of diagnosis, fear of diagnosis because of things, traits in your family line. So for some of us, the stresses would show up. We'd like the removal of, of the problem 
of stress in that way. Or for some of us, uh, stress manifests as a person or people, that it's people. If you could just fix or remove those people or that person, then you feel like you'd be at peace. If I could just remove my boss or my boss would change or if my spouse would change, then I would be at peace. If my girlfriend or boyfriend would be better to me, then I think I would live a life of peace. So what happens is, because stresses and our definition generally as a culture is the removal or absence of stress is what brings peace. So what happens is we, because it manifests in places and problems and people, we begin to avoid those things or we try to remove those things or we get rid of the source of stress because we're always trying to get to peace. We're always in, in, in pursuit of it. And we think things like if I could just get rid of or change the source of my stress, I would be at peace. Change that, remove this, increase that, and I can get to peace. Now, this makes a lot of sense, honestly, on the surface, doesn't it? Even as I'm talking about it, and I'm not saying that you should intentionally create stress in your life, but this makes so much sense at a certain level to all of us. But the only problem is, is that happens in all of our lives. Like you've had places that used to be a place of stress in your life, probably, that is no longer in your life or no longer is a stress. So you've had that happen. The thing you've longed for. You've had problems, maybe financial, maybe health, maybe other things. You've had problems in your life. I've had problems in my life that aren't problems today. I've got other problems, perhaps. You've got other problems, perhaps, but that problem that I thought if I could just get rid of that problem, then I would be at peace. Or those people that you longed to not be around or to see more or be with them more, those problems have changed. Those people, those situations have changed, right? You've changed places before. You've solved and resolved problems before. You've fixed and gotten rid of all those people or some of those people before only to find out that your stress in mind gets replaced with something new in due course, usually by tomorrow morning, right? And there we are again. Now, if I could take a magic wand, this is the beauty of being a grandfather, if I could take a magic wand and just say, remove all the stress from everybody in the room and everybody online, we'd all take that, wouldn't we? Just receive the power of the wand sure I'll get some emails on that one. Anyway, <laughs> take it away, but the new stresses come tomorrow. That's how life is. Life is complex. Problems come. People come. If it weren't for people, this would be such a great life, wouldn't it? If our definition in pursuit of peace is the removal of stress, it leads, in my opinion, to an inevitable question. And it's really interesting because in the story of Jesus coming to the earth, there's not only so many prophecies like we read here in Isaiah about Jesus being the prince of peace and bringing peace, but think about the chaos 
that's happening in like Mary and Joseph's life, the shepherds' lives, John the Baptist's life, just the world, the chaos that's going on in Bethlehem, no, no room at the inn, those kinds of things. It's, there were problems, and there were people that were problems, and there were places that people wanted to avoid. But the, the, the account of Jesus coming to earth is full of this term and this promise that Jesus will bring peace. It's remarkable. So if our definition in pursuit of peace is the removal of stress, it leads to this inevitable question. Is peace even possible? Is it even possible? Or is this some pie-in-the-sky thing? And I think the answer is no and yes. I think the answer is no if we continue to cling to the thought that the elimination of stress is what equals peace. Now, I'll give you this. It'll bring some kind of temporary temporarily temporary sense of peace, right? Anytime a problem goes, anytime a situation shifts that's causing a lot of stress in our life, it gives us at least this momentary moment, this, this place of peace. So we, we do pursue it, and we do long for it, right? But no, if that's, if that's what we cling to, is that elimination of stress is what brings peace, we all know that we've been trying our whole life to get peace that way. And it has no sustaining power. But the answer is yes, if we're willing to change the definition of what peace is. Our perspective. Our pursuit. So Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross in the book of John, chapter 14. And kind of John 13 through 17 is Jesus, the account, John gives the account of Jesus having these conversations with his friends and his followers and they're troubled because Jesus is starting to say things like, I'm essentially, I'm about to die. And they had this picture that Jesus was going to rule in power, kind of like almost like a maybe a military coup. Jesus, when, you know, when they read Old Testament scriptures and they knew those scriptures about the government would have increase and it would be on his shoulders, they were thinking like the Roman government. Jesus was going to just increase that kind of government. But Jesus' kingdom's a lot different than the kingdoms of this world. So Jesus begins to assure them as they're stressing out, they're asking him questions, things like, where are you going? If you're leaving, where are you going? Can we come with you? Why can't we come with you? And Jesus assures the disciples, the followers, the friends of his, and us, that he says, I won't leave you alone. And he begins to prepare them to pursue peace by his definition and prepares us. In verse 25 in John 14, Jesus, speaking here, he says, All this I have spoken to you while I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remain, remind you of everything I have said to you. Let's read this together. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. It's the Prince of Peace. And he defines 
what peace is differently than the world. He even says it's different than the world. Clearly says it's different than the world. See, when Jesus talks about his peace, he talks about something that he can give to you and I, like a gift. Not something that he takes away from our life. Not something that's removed from our life, but something that's imparted to our life. My peace, I give you. My peace is a gift given to you. He kind of expresses the peace that the world gives is kind of a when and then kind of peace. We know what that's like. When I pay off my debt, then I'll have peace. When my kids grow up and finally go off to college, then I know I'll have peace. When I change jobs, then I'll have peace. When I get the promotion I've been after, then I know I'll have peace. When I pay off my credit card, then I'll have peace. When I get married, then I'll have peace. And then there's the people that say, when my marriage ends, then I'll have peace. When I get out of a relationship, then I'll have peace. See, the world's peace is a removal of something. And we're conditioned to pursue the world's type of peace. It's the absence of problems. But God's peace is quite different. It's the presence of something. It's God's presence. See, God's peace is not the absence of stress, but it's the presence of God in life's stresses. Let me say it to you again. God's peace is not the absence of stress, but the presence of God in life's stresses. In other words... The world would say, me, mine, or you and me, minus stress, equals peace. That's the world, that's, that's what Jesus is describing here. That's the world's type of peace. And we all know it's temporary. It's not a lasting peace. But Jesus talks about this increasing. Remember in Isaiah 9, that there'll be an increase in his government. There'll be an increase in his peace. Jesus is talking about you and I, me, plus God's presence equals peace. It's God's presence that becomes the gift, and it's lasting and increasing. God's peace increases in our lives the more we open ourselves to God's presence in our lives. And that's how God can say things like, his peace will be ever-increasing in your life. So, of course, well, thanks, Scott. Especially those of us that are Christ followers, like, thanks for the pep talk on peace. It was good. Nice couple of minutes on that. But what is this presence thing? Like, how does that work? Now, I'm old enough to get up multiple times every night when I go to bed for various reasons. There's one reason, multiple that seems most common, but we all get up at night, right? Have you ever been up? Do you ever get up in the middle of the night? It's dark. Like Claire and I, we don't like like lights on in our room, so it's really dark. The lights are off. You get up. And just like three weeks ago, I was walking through our bedroom. And I, we've lived in our house for quite a while now, more than two decades. So I know the lay of the land in there. 
but it changes, right? It changes every day. There's different shoes and socks, and when grandkids come over, there's Legos, and there's wands sometimes on the ground. And anyway, sure enough, uh, at the end of our bed, we have a futon. And uh, so sure enough, I get up a few weeks ago, and I'm going to the bathroom. Bathroom's right next to our bedroom. I come back in. It's, it's dark. It feels darker because I went into the bathroom and turned the light on. So now it, that's worse, isn't it? Like now you can't, it's like I was blind, now I can see, then I can't see even more. It's like I'm more blind now. And sure enough, what do you think I did? I kicked that futon leg, and which toe was it? It's, that, it's the baby toe that you don't even know you have, except that moment in your life. I think it's still, when people ask me, they say, have you ever had broken bones, you played a lot of sports? I, not that I know of, but it sure felt like that's been broken several times, right? It still hurts. Presence, when Jesus says, I give you my presence, is kind of like having a lamp next to your bed that you turn on and you don't do stupid things like me. It helps you see the room, but nothing changes in the room. But you can navigate the room. You miss the Legos with Jesus' presence. The Legos are still there. The futon leg is still there. The wands on the floor are there. Shoes and socks still there. But now the peace of God, the presence of God, lights our way to navigate the things that can harm us. They're still there. When God talks about giving you and I peace, what essentially the communication is, is you can do this life and you can do it peacefully because I can help you navigate the stresses that are going to come. And there are times when God will take some of those stresses out of your life miraculously and otherwise. There's times when they'll just move out of your life for various reasons. But God wants you to be able to see through his presence and navigate. We just live, the invitation is to mindful, present living, being mindful of the fact that God is present in our lives. That's the peace of God. That's the gift that God gives to us, right? Some of you, when you were growing up, your parents told you, make sure you don't smoke, right? Some of you are old enough to remember the hippies back in the 70s when they were partying and passing around joints. That's what they called blunts back then. They would say, hey, don't be bogue. Give me a toke, right? So don't smoke. Give me a toke. When comedians get on a stage, they like to tell a good joke, right? Noise from frogs in the pond is called a croak. And the white of an egg is... No, it's the white of an egg. See, and that's how we live if we're not careful. That's how we live our lives. And the invitation is be present to the presence. Pay attention. 
to what God has for each and every one of us, the gift of peace. If we ever needed peace in our life, it's now, right? And if we ever really, really needed peace, it's during this season. We all know the sad statistics and all the stuff that goes on because of the chaos and stress of life this time of year. The invitation from Jesus is to receive peace. I'll leave you with this. Have you ever been around someone that you just knew had the peace of Jesus? It's just so beautiful, isn't it? It's so attractive, so magnetic. I want you to know that Jesus has that for all of us. The peace that passes understanding for each and every one of us. The peace that will help us navigate the room that we're living in. Amen. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless my friends in this season with your peace. Help us to be mindful to your presence, of your presence. Help us to receive the gift that you've promised us. And if there's anyone, Lord, in the room or online that has not opened their heart to your peace and your presence, I pray for them right now that you would fill their life with your peace and your presence and let them begin the next step of this journey with you lighting the way. Fill their heart with your goodness. In Jesus' name.